0: what's going on everybody it's your boy fab freddy fox america's big brother and we'll be back with another episode of the saturday night sit down What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Fab, and tonight I have the pleasure of speaking with one of my good friends, Dominique Lewis, known for some time. And, um, you know, he's got a lot of great information and hopefully um, all this goes well for everybody. We have some great insight for you guys. So, um, as I said, uh, you know, for these things and stuff like that, um, reason I've been doing this podcast is, as I've seen, as the older I get, I see more and more of this generation feel that like they're getting lost along their ways. You know, I see a lot of younger individuals getting killed over senseless stuff. Um, and by kids who are just extremely, extremely young. And um, from my point of view, as I'm looking at this it, from either a lack of a good role model or a lack of a father figure or something like that in their life that doesn't dare to give them that, that good insight or that good um, advice or try to really help to guide them down the right path. So my hopes is within doing this podcast and speaking with individuals like yourself, um, you know, that we can shed some light and maybe hopefully guide them down the right path.
1: Right. Well, first up, I want to say thank you for having me on. And I, I really do appreciate it. It's a, a humbling experience. And I hope I can help out in some advice and just help in leading our youth back to the right path.
0: Oh, definitely. I think, like I said, I mean, everybody has something to offer. And I think, like I always say that, um, you know, we all we're never going to experience every single thing in life you know, it's impossible. But if, you know, through conversation and meeting individuals and sharing our life experiences with each other, we could shed some light and some information and knowledge to help us make better decisions or guide us down the right path. Right, right. So, like, I always usually start my shows and stuff like that. My first question off to you is for you in in your mind, like, what do you believe are some of the main characteristics or qualities that it takes to be a good man or a good person?
1: You know, One, that's a really good question, because I I was thinking about that for a while. And I thought to myself, like, you know, what would one of my mentors tell me? Because I had some mentors in my life guide me in this area, and it helped me really, helped me a lot to shape me where I am now. So some characteristics or qualities, I would really say, like, uh, love, compassion, and understanding. Mm. And... I say that I say those things. Love is because a lot of us have gone away or gone astray from like just uplifting each other. Right, right. Everybody's in a, a constant competition and not really understanding or realizing that at the end of the day, all this is 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 just smoke and mirrors. You know, we're, we're here for one reason. We should be teaching each other, loving up on each other. We should be understand each other just taking the time out to do what we're doing talk right right just talk a lot of us you know we're so stuck on our phones and our face you know on Facebook Twitter TikTok you know like all these things are cool you know some time really good time killers mm-hmm. and not like you know time builders yeah be building our time with our, our friends new people you know like uh reaching Reaching out to people, you know, we sometimes we talk about doing things, but not really put forth the foot or the effort. So I think we have those characteristics and understanding people, understanding what their, their lifestyle is, like where they came from, how their childhood is, and having compassion for those people. You know, because compassion goes a long way. It's it's not just like you know, just some small little thing that we look at like oh we just can't get compassion to everybody yeah everybody deserves it but you also have to use that discernment making mm-hmm. sure it's not just someone just looking for the attention
0: yeah that yeah. makes sense no definitely man i I, <clears throat> I love your response man i you know I, it's definitely that's the why i enjoy doing this when you get a different point of view from everybody and stuff like that and and I'm really big on that too. Like when it comes out, like you said, to love caring and compassion, like I was raised by majority women, like my dad was home and stuff like that. And I say this all the time. He was in the picture, but you know, majority that people I had the influence of my life was women and really helped me develop that sense of compassion and caring right. and love. You know what I mean? Like, and, um, and it also made me think of a few of my, my personal role models, like who I, who I want to try to be like in that essence, like Martin Luther King, you know, Mother Teresa, Mahatma Gandhi, these are people who are loving, caring, compassionate people looking to do the good. And because they were so, you know, loving people, so kind hearted, they were able to change the world and really leave an impact. Like, I think to myself, like for instance, Mother Teresa, you know, I'm, I'm sure she didn't work, didn't have a job in a sense, but she can go anywhere and get anything because she was so loving, so compassionate, and genuinely caring. It's not about wanting to get those things or trying to better off but genuinely being loving and and compassionate to people so i'm really really i don't want to say taken back from that response but i'm really like glad that you know it's not just me you know i mean like i said you see other people having that same mentality and and, right and i think that's like well again like i said one of the main reasons why i'm doing this is because that lack of love and compassion i think a lot of times you know a, a lot of males in particular are looking for a sense just to be loved, just to be cared for, you know. I mean, we spend so much time really trying to have to be so hard or so strong and, you know, what I mean, like really be um, uh, not allowed to really feel anything, you know, when mm-hmm. now all we really want to do is find somebody who genuinely loves us and care for us and who's there for us, you know, and I, I, that's part of the struggle for myself that I think I went through a lot and trying to find out, how to be a man myself and, and be comfortable with, with being loved and and compassionate. And, 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 and I don't know if you have read this too, but I just came across, I finished reading this book by, um, uh, Jason Wilson. I don't know if you heard of him, mm-hmm. um, but he's just, and I might've might seen the clip, but like a, a few years ago, I came across him. He was, um, a martial arts teacher and stuff. And, uh, you know, one of the young boys in his class started crying. I guess we were going through some really difficult time trying to execute one of the moves or something like that. And he was really upset and crying and he looked at him and he was like, you know, it's okay to cry. And I was so taken back by that. You know what I mean? Like, because for so we're told like, yeah, all right. So good. Yeah. Like we're well, for so long, we're always told like, you know, man up, you're not supposed to cry. You got to be strong. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and really try to disassociate ourselves from our feelings, which really leads to so much, um, negative behavior in other ways that like we're lashing out and trying to appease so many people because we can't share or express, you know, our love or you know being that caring thing. So that that that's really deep, man. That's really deep. Right. I appreciate that, man. Like, like I said, man, like I've had the mentors
1: in my life. I'm I'm blessed to have them in my life. Cause like I, I think about it, I'm like, you know, where would I be at
2: mm-hmm. if
1: I didn't have the opportunity to have these men come into my life and show me that it's okay to do these things it's okay that this is happening to you you know don't take it like this don't take it hard you know it's 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 one of those things where you don't have that manly communication or that manly like just interaction just being in the presence of another man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so you can like sharpen each other because this is what it's all about
0: it's all about sharpening each other right and i think like all these is, is this now like everybody's so <clears throat> stuck on trying to be the alpha male you know, we're trying to be the top dog or, you know, I mean, like the head honcho one. it's, is, it shouldn't be like that. We should definitely be trying to lift each other up and help each other, you know, achieve greatness. You know, not everybody wants the same thing. Not everybody wants what you want or what you have and stuff like that. They all have different desires, but they also need help to you know help motivate themselves and like like i texted you the other day when we were talking and stuff like that i think that's one of those things like i said i'm a huge avatar fan last airbender because there's so many life lessons man and and, Mm -hmm. and uncle iroh is just such uh you know a great mentor and really helping like i said zuko develop to be a man and when he the tales of Bossing say which i cry every time i see that episode But, you know, when he's getting robbed and stuff like that, and the guy and he gave the guy words of encouragement. And like I said, he said, you know what, although it's always good to believe in oneself, a little help of others can be a true blessing, you know, because we can't we can always stay positive ourselves so long. Like I've been here so many times where I'm trying to be positive or I'm trying to put my best foot forward and being hit with so much different adversity and really trying to stay in a positive mentality. But eventually we all crack, you know what I mean? Like it, it happens, you know, we all crack in it. And it's at that point where we just need that. A little bit of word of encouragement for somebody else and say, hey, you're doing a good job, man. You're doing well. You're you're, you're okay. You're strong enough right. to handle this because we can't keep pushing ourselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you know, um, with that, you know, and I understand where you're coming
1: from. A little, a little thing I used to do when I was uh, younger, um, back when I was 18, 19, I used to call myself Mr. Positive because I was just wanting to have positive vibes all the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, with those positive vibes, Started attracting people around me. Right. I didn't even know. Like I was just connecting with people. And then, you know, <clears throat> you know, as you get older, things get tougher, you know, you, you start to mature even more. And you're still trying to figure out what is it to be a man? What does it actually mean? Like, like I'm trying to figure that out, you know, like daily. And I think sometimes we get into such a groove that we forget to like acknowledge yo, I'm I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired right now.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's
1: okay to say that. Some people are like, like, oh, I want to show the weakness. It's like, it's not weakness. Exactly. i tired. Yeah. You're just tired. You gotta, you gotta sleep. You gotta rest. Your brain needs to re, like restart. Otherwise, you're just gonna lose yourself in this rabbit hole.
0: You know what? And 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 it's it's crazy two things you say like that. Cause I know, like me growing up, I've always been like that, you know, always try to be positive, always trying to be upbeat. And, and you know what I mean? Like I've always said to myself, one of my mantras is you know, every moment you spend sad or every moment you spend feeling a negative feeling is a moment of happiness. You're never going to get back. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so I try to keep myself from, you know, trying to be in a bad mood. And like you said, that's why I think that's one of those reasons why like I'm, I'm, because I guess maybe that, that, or that positive that I'm pushing out, man, so many people find it so easy to talk to me or open up to me or come to me for all those things. And and they know I'm genuinely willing there to help. And I think that comes along with that mentality. Like you said, just being positive and really trying to be a bee and and in those things and it also comes back to that things too like you're trying well, at least for myself and I don't know if you could relate like you're trying so hard to be positive so try to, hard to help other people out and make sure that they're doing okay that you forget to take care of yourself you know and there's so many times where I've lost sleep or I've been you know different places and stuff like that and it, and it comes and it really impacts you physically you know in a way that that is, is unexplainable like a, a few years ago Um, you know, I was going through so much stuff. I was a supervisor. uh, My daughter was just born and I'm going through all these different things and trying to, you know, achieve and be like, for my, my thing is that a man is a provider. You know what I mean? Like that's one of my most like top things that I need to understand that for me is like, if I don't feel like I'm providing, you know, I I don't feel like I'm being a man. I don't feel like I'm doing what I need to do justice to my family, for my wife or for my kids. So I constantly push myself and um, I actually, it was a couple days, you know, I mean, I woke up and I was sore because I was going to the gym and stuff like that. And it was like one of those things where you feel like, you know, I just had a good workout. I'm a little bit sore. Mm-hmm. And I took a couple of days off, but every single day it was getting worse. The pain was getting more intense. I was getting weaker and weaker and weaker. until um, so one day I was like at work and I'm trying to pick up the phone and I couldn't even like pick up the headset or dial number. I, like, I got to go see my doctor. Mm-hmm. So I went down to see my doctor um, and she was running all these tests on me. She said, I don't want you to alarm me, but you, you need to go to the emergency room so I went to the emergency room and I yeah. was there and like as, as time was going by like I couldn't get up like I literally I went paralyzed bro like I couldn't move a muscle like as much as I wanted to try and I'm telling my body to like move your toes like move your arms get up and see and I physically couldn't do it right and I was there for like three days yeah. um, and part of it like um, yeah. I think they said it was like you know because um, the doctors came they couldn't figure it out like I was seen by like the CDC, like all these people coming in and taking blood and taking samples and trying to figure out what was going on. They could not figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, and eventually, they kind of talked it up to, uh, I guess, what's Guillain-Barre syndrome. Like I said, it might have been an adverse effect to the flu, but as I think about it, I think it's just all that trying to keep pushing myself. My body was like, yo, you need to relax. You're not going to sit down. I'm going to sit you down. Exactly. You know what I mean, Exactly. <laughs> you know, and Literally for three days was the scariest thing, but that's kind of one of the things where I started to realize, like, you know what? I really need to take care of myself because those three days I spent in the hospital were three days that I couldn't provide for my family. You know what I mean? Like, right. so, like, again, learn to manage and balance that and really like take care of yourself and those things. So, you know, you know, you- I'm sorry. No, no, no. Oh, so, you know, um, what's good is like,
1: you know, that we do want to be there for our, you know, for friends or even just strangers, mm-hmm. like, you know, like we want to be there for people. And sometimes we have to pull back and remember that we can't take on that person's baggage. But we can empathize, excuse me, we can talk to them, we can try to help them figure out the situation. And I feel like that's like one of those, those, uh, those situations where it's a good friend laying down his life for mm-hmm. another friend to help him with his life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's one of those things where if we don't not pull back from them, but pull back from the situation, that's not ours. That baggage is going to be added onto our back. And now it's this extra stuff that we got back there. And, we, and you know, sometimes we forget. You know, you get all this stuff in your head, you got all these other things you need to do, like podcasts, or I need to go make a meeting with somebody, or I need to go pick up my daughter from school, or I need to go pick up the food from here. And all these things come around and swirling in our heads to the point where it's kind of like, how can I organize all of this and still function
0: mm-hmm. correctly? Yeah, and it takes a toll. And I think that's even for myself, too, because I've started to realize those things and and, and taking on so much has really I, I went through so much depression, so much anxiety. And it's because of that, too, like taking on all these baggage and, and, and started to learn myself. Like I started thinking like this, like, I can't do more for you than you're going to do for yourself. You know, and I, I, I caught myself so much doing going above and beyond for the people. And it was kind of like they're taking the easy way out because there was like, you know what? He'll figure it out for me. And it's like, well, I gotta do that. It's your problem. You know, what I mean, like I'm here to help you, you know what I mean? Like, and that sucks and I'm willing to do everything I can to help you, but why do I gotta fix your problem for you? You know what I mean? Like I told everybody, you can give a man a shovel and they'll never dig a hole. You know, what I mean, they have to have right. their will and, and and they want to fix that problem, not leave it up to others. So that's that's another important thing that that I had to to learn. Um, and and I think you could relate too that's one of these biggest reasons why I started doing this as well is you know, when when my son was born, you know, what I mean, like understanding for myself how long and how hard i struggle to learn to be a man to learn how to operate with all these things that i do not want my child to go through any of that stuff like to have right. to what i had to suffer because it's just intense and, and the the pain and all that stuff that i felt like i, I cannot have them go through that you know and i think that's of us, as parents the whole point of that too you know what i mean that like we our mistakes are for us to learn so that we can teach so that they don't have to repeat them and they can right. get better you know exactly and you know, and, and another thing, too, you know, that
1: we usually put too much pressure on our, ch- our children to not just be better, but they have like a, a light that they got to have over their head. It's like, oh, you're, you're under your father's shadow. You got to do better than your father, blah, blah, blah. And it's one of those things kind of like, yo, let I'm going to teach my child this. But I want him to make his own path. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to be better than mine because I'm in his life. And he's going to see what dad is doing that's not right and see what dad is doing that is right and apply it to his own life. Like, all right, I see what didn't work for dad and I see what did work. So I'm gonna use this and go further with it. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's one of those things like you just passing on the torch, but it's passing on the torch without a pressure or a cloud over the head. Like like you have to do better. Nobody like, mm. nobody's saying he has to. <laughs> you
0: know, like I, I remember at a very early age- <clears throat> Um, um, one of my uncles was sitting there and, I, and he was like you know what like Friday right here man he's gonna want to be the one to take us out of poverty he's gonna be the one to be super and I'm like I took on that response and that's just a whole lot of stress because even to this day honestly man like uh, I do I have that mission for myself you know what I mean like I want to sure. be able to be big so I can help everybody and take everybody from that horrible situation and then because like you said like that somebody implanted that seed in my head at a very early age Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of made me take on a responsibility when I wasn't even aware of what I was doing. You know what I mean? Like, it was going on? Right. kind of forced that right. responsibility. <laughs> me. Um, and I think it's important that like, you said that, too, Like uh, for our kids. You know, I know, like, you know, growing up in our homeless of that our parents, like, you know, do as I say, not as I do, do this, do that, and kind of, like, really um, prevented us from having a dialogue you know right. with them. And, and it's kind of tricky that i'm finding out now too with my daughter being five and stuff because i want them to give them that freedom to be able to freely talk to me respectfully right you know but to also right. have you know be an individual mm-hmm. you know i mean like be who you are you know don't be afraid to say or do certain things you know you could always say what you need to say respectfully um but that shouldn't prevent you from being you because i felt for myself is that i I struggled so much to try to fit in into places I don't belong or try to adapt to other situations because it wasn't okay to be myself. Like that wasn't an option, you know? So I lost myself a lot in those ways. Um, and wanting my kids to do better in that, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you
1: know, um, it's one of those ones, it's one of those things that's kind of like your, your life is already uh, predestined for us. You know what I'm saying? And, and you start to see, it starts to, uh, makes sense to you. It's like, okay, I'm not supposed to fit in. I'm, I'm just not supposed to fit in. And, and that's okay. Some people don't fit in with a certain group, but I feel that sometimes we compromise ourselves. Yeah. So we can, you know, you know, and then that in itself is stressing. Cause now you got to put on this facade. You got all these faces on, you know, and, and I understand exactly where you come from. I tried to, I did the same thing, the same thing. And I was in high school. And, you know, I was trying out with, like, a, a group of guys that were a little bit older. And, you know, as a, a freshman, you know, I'm looking up to these guys because they don't have a father figure at the house. So it's kind of like, well, the next thing is, like, maybe Big Homie can help me out. You know, the seniors can help me out. Like, you know, everything that connected us was either sports, you know, certain interests, music, and whatnot. And sometimes you would think a senior would take someone – younger than them under their wing and mm-hmm. tour them. You know what I'm saying? Like show them the ropes through high school. Like, hey, this is this is how it is. This is what's going on. And just have a blueprint of how to maneuver through school. Right. And then that, like, you know, you got to have that, you um, got to have that that want, that want to, mm-hmm. but we can't want to compromise who we
0: are just to fit in with someone. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah,
0: no. And, it's just that and, the, so many people like do that, and they force you to try to compromise, and you lose yourself, and you shouldn't have to. They I mean, should promote you to be an individual, right? Yeah, like
1: this is who you are. Oh, you're funny. Cool. Let's promote that. You're funny. You're you're hilarious. Maybe one day you'll be a comedian. You know, um, you're good with numbers. You're you're good with like um, literature. Maybe you'll be a poet. Maybe maybe you'll be an accountant for somebody. Maybe, and, and it's it's all this these these talents that we have. But we don't want to shine the light on each other. Otherwise, we just want to just shine the light on ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's one of those things where it's, 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 uh, it's not a double-edged sword. But it's, it's, it's one of those things that kind of comes to a standstill. It's kind of like, okay, what can I actually do to make my, my situation better than what it is without me having to act like somebody that I'm not? And to be able to deal with either they accept me or reject me, you know what I'm saying, that was my biggest thing was I had the fear of rejection. I didn't want to be rejected. I hated being rejected. I was like, I hate it mm-hmm. one, you know it was it was it was already hard because I felt like I was kind of an easy target, and at the time I, I was a very sensitive person and it was easy to either get to you and I had to build up that, you know, that tough skin. But at the same time, it's kind of like, why is this happening to me? And I have nobody to go to. you know. And now you're just like in this corner. And it's like, no young man should be in a corner by himself. Right. Because he feels like he's not good enough or he feels like nobody wants to be around him and whatnot. But thank God, thank God I have like great friends that I made in, in high yeah. school. Because we, we still stay in contact with each other. And the thing is, is that we always build each other up. Yeah. We call each other out on our stuff. If we ain't doing exactly. something right, like, hey, man, you slipping, bro. You need, you need to check yourself. And that's love. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's all love. If, if I love you, I'm going to check you. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't, then it's kind of like, oh, I'm not going to check him. Like, just let him fall. Right. See what happens. It's like, well, why were you going to see what happens? You
0: know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I want to touch on that, too, because I guess um I, you really gently typed about that too. But like with with your dad, I guess he was you went out there. What was your relationship with your father like if you had one?
1: Um we 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 weren't really, we didn't have a relationship. Like uh my grandmother raised me. Mm-hmm. Uh she raised me. They had me when they were like 16 years old. Mm-hmm. So and you know, at that early age, I I could barely even remember a memory with my dad. And that's, like, to me, I felt like that was sad. I was like, Dad, I don't even have a, a memory. But then it was, like, memories, maybe me going to their house and playing with my, my other siblings, you know, and he was out working. He's a trucker. He's been a trucker for, you know, about 20-plus years now. And now where we're at, you know, I try to reach out. Um, it, it's it's still a little shaky ground, you know, and and I believe it's because, excuse me, because um. It's been so long. He wasn't in my life for so long. And now like your son's back in your life or he's trying to, you're trying to rekindle a, a, a relationship, make a relationship with your son. But maybe he feels that I have like resentment or hatred or anger in my heart. And I remember before I left for the Air Force, I did tell him these things. I went to his house because I was like, look, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to basic training with all this on my, in my head. I got to get all this out. So I went to his house. We spoke. Um, I told him, I was "Like, yeah, man. I was like, I'm gonna be honest with you. You made me hate you. Like, I, I hate you. I have. I'm so mad that you were in my life. And I really just want my dad. You know what I'm saying? As, as men, as I know, like, the world may may seem may make it seem like it's kiddish for as grown man to be like, I want my dad. Like, what's wrong with that?" Exactly, you know what I'm saying, like I want my dad because I came from him, mm-hmm. so which means I want that relationship, I want to know who he is, how he ticks, you know what I'm saying, and not having that relationship is sucked because going to school, you know, on a school bus, you see, for example, Billy or Jane. And her dad giving them kisses and hugs, and moms are out there waving at them. You know, I had my, my grandmother, she worked hard, bro. <laughs> that woman worked hard. And she would have to go you know, to work on base. Sometimes she just had to walk me out to the, to the bus and jump straight in her car and leave. Drive from one place to the next place. And I saw how tough it was on her. And the most frustrating portion of not having my dad in my life was. I had to mature faster and to be a man at a young age, you know, as I'm a kid, I'm supposed to be a kid, want to play, you know, make friends, you know, that stuff. Um, But now, you know, we, we haven't talked as much. I still try to, I try to reach out to him, but it's one of those things now it's kind of like, okay, I reached out to you as many times as I could. Now this just hurts. Yeah. Because now I just feel like you're just Reception. not responding to me. Yeah. And and uh, I, I needed him, but he just—I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not sure where his mind is right now. But I mean, I, I I would like to sit down with him, you know, have a beer, just chat it up, you know, and you know, what what went wrong, what what happened, you know. I understand that they were young, you know. So it's one of those things. Kind of like I'm not mad. I'm not angry anymore. I'm not. I don't hate them. It's just one of those things. I understand that they were young, like 16. I was never. Thinking about having a child at 16.
0: Right,
1: right. So I can only imagine what they were feeling at 16. Right. Uh, so, yeah, man, but um, maybe something will change. I'm, I'm not going to lose faith. Maybe something will change, but I think it's the ball's in his court now, and he
0: just has to dribble up. Yeah, and, and 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 I guess you touched on it too, because it's usually one of my questions too is like how usually that impacted you. But like you said, you you just had to mature a lot quicker um, than you wanted to, and 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 that's one of the things for my kids too. And I wanted to be a kid as long as they as long as they possibly can. You know, what I mean, like as long as they possibly can enjoy life and be kidding and, and, and have fun and games and live in that imaginary world or, you know, believe in the tooth fairy and Santa Claus and all those right. wonderful things you know, as long as they possibly can, because you're going to be an adult for a very long time you know what i mean like life is going to beat you up a very very long time so the longer you could appreciate those and and then live in that 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 mystique or whatever you can is a true blessing and not force your kids to go up too early because i had had a similar thing too with my um my household again even though my dad was there was kind of like hard in certain states too because there were some times where he would just go like years without working you know Mm -hmm. because he didn't want to you know, so I'd have to see my mom struggling and paying all those bills and stuff like that, and it was like sucked seeing that at home. Like again, like right. in my head, like it, the man's supposed to be the provider, and he's not doing that. You know, what I mean, He's just because he don't feel like it. You know, what I mean, it's thinking to myself like, do you not love us enough to go out and work and strive and deal with the BS? Because that's part of like what kind of seeing that instilled to in me. Like I don't care what I got to do, mm-hmm. cleaning toilets, whatever. I don't care what kind of job, what kind of thing, whatever. is gonna help me put food on my table for my family. I'm not gonna be bigger than anything. You know, I can't do it. Right. I got people dependent on me um, and I don't want my kids. Like I had to go to work and help my mom pay the bills, you know, when I could have been going to basketball practice or, you know what I'm saying? Like and, and going into all these different things and kind of developing these relationships in these other places, but I can't because I got to go work <clears throat> and go to school and, and, and pay right. bills that I shouldn't have to at 15 years old. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so much to put on somebody's shoulders. I think like, yeah, I want my kids to work. But to work to teach him was not because I need to take care of my responsibilities. Right. Okay. So no, I understand that. I so understand I, I thought I'd say that, too, like you said, about having, like, a lot of those mentors. So, I mean, like, who are some of those mentors to you that helped you out? And are we really there for you to really teach you or that transition to being a man?
1: Oh, man. Um, well, two of them. <clears throat> One of them is uh, my godfather, Terry. Terry G. Morgan. Uh, I met him when I was, I was a kid. And we were going to church. Um, I remember seeing him and the first thing that came to my mind was like, wow, he reminds me of Martin Luther King Jr. Like just the way he carried himself. Like he literally looked like him for a while. And I told my grandma, I was like, Nana, Nana, is that Martin Luther King? She was like, boy, don't ask Martin Luther King. But but when I came to him and asked him, I um, spoke with me and talked to me, And he he's, he's also, he's a, a Marine, um, and retired Marine. I'm not sure if they say retired or not, but
0: he's, hey, once you're a marine, you always a marine. Is that what the saying is like? I, I guess so, man. <laughs> but uh, um, he helped me out so
1: much because I asked him. I was like, "Hey, I was like, will you be my godfather?" He was like, absolutely like, he didn't think about it not once. He didn't think about it not once. He he said absolutely. He brought up to our, the, the head pastor, and he prayed over us, and and he became my godfather. He taught me patience man he taught me patience and i feel like i was like just off the wall sometimes as a child i know i was a, a lot just by like just seeing my children and i'm just like yo <laughs> i feel like i probably put my grandmother through a ringer man like
0: <laughs> yeah thinking, my son is wild and my daughter they just got so much energy and i'm looking at my mom i was like mom i was never like that so she's like oh, what what <laughs> like now you're gonna deal with it now you got to taste right. it jesus like just, just reaping all of it. It's,
1: it's exactly, exactly. And you know, um, he he uh he took me fishing a lot. He took me fishing a lot. And I think that's one of the things that taught me how to be patient because there were times we go out there so many times and you know you catch the little croakers, little mm-hmm. fish, smaller size fish. I was like, so man, I don't want to catch a big fish. I wanna catch a big fish. He's like, you know, you just gotta be patient, Don. And sometimes you just gotta be quiet enough. Maybe the opportunity to show up like you just can't keep complaining about it talking about it like just wait for it be working while it's being prepared for you and that made so much sense to me but at the time it didn't you know you're a kid you just you you want what you want at that time like I want to catch the big fish it's like just gotta wait just gotta wait just gotta wait so you know years go by I think I'm about like maybe at this time about 12 13 and we go out fishing, and I'm just chill at this point, I'm just just relaxed. And next thing you know, my opportunity comes up. This huge fish almost pulled me off the rock. <laughs> you know, I ended up catching like it was a it was a black drum. Never caught it. it was, I had like this this greatest feeling in my life. It was so exhilarating to just have to see this massive creature on the end of a pole. And the first thing he told me, he was like, "Man, you must be quiet over here, huh?" i was like yeah yeah i was was quiet i was quiet and it was what's so funny is like he he never made anything too serious everything like you know he made it to the point was kind of like it was serious but it wasn't to the point where it was like oh this is like do or die or if you don't do it now you're like your life is not going to be right get to this point he just lets me know you know he let me know you have your opportunities you have your your um, options, because you always have a choice. It's like you always have a choice, and whether the choice, which choice you make, is going to determine what, how long your path is going to be, to you get to your goal. And yeah, lo and behold, you know, as life goes on, I took those those words and I applied it to my life, and. Ever since then, things have been different. I, I think differently. I'm starting to see things differently. You know, and now I'm able to control what's on the inside of Dom. So I'm not lashing out at people around me that I say I love. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm being, being able to be patient. Now I'm being able to, to understand more. And the other gentleman, I'm going to tell you about, uh, I met him. Also around the same age, and when I saw him, he to me he reminded me of Mike Tyson. And he had like you know the broad shoulders, he was big, and another Marine, you know. And and uh, I remember just coming up to him and tugging his pants, his pants leg, and I was like, "Hey, my name is Dominique Lewis." And he was, he was like, "Oh, hey, my name is," uh, he well I'm sorry, he said my <laughs> my team, my name is Holly Ravi, and, and I was like, "Nice to meet you." And, nobody you know, we, we spoke, we talked, and he talked to me like I was his own child. You know, like I wasn't like some random kid that came up to him and talked to him. He talked to me like I, as if I was his son. And I still know him to this day. Like we, we always talk. And if I don't talk to him in a certain amount of time, he'll, he'll hit me. up. He'll say, hey, man, Dom, He's like, you, you didn't call me today, bro. I'm like, what's up? You doing all right? Is everything okay? And I appreciate that because it, it showed me how much he cared about how I'm feeling, how, like, what's going on in my head, you know what I'm saying? Like, no. like, um, are you stable? Are you, like, you know, not asking those questions, but, you know, hey, how, how are you feeling? Like, where where are you, where's your mind at? Or mm-hmm. if I just need a vent to them about man stuff, about, about being a husband, you know, like, I've only been a husband for for few, so many years, but I've never had that role model in my household. Right. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm just learning this on the go. in yeah, my life. And... One thing he taught me is that is that we have to give out the love even when we don't want to, even when we don't want to, you still got to give out the love. And it's like, why? Because if you don't, you just get selfish. Like, if you know you can give out love to someone, then shouldn't you give it? Because if you're not, you're holding back such a beautiful gift from someone that can help them from maybe changing their mind from wanting to commit suicide or maybe change their mind from that this life is, is after them, that this life is, is so terrible that I, I just can't, I just can't bear it anymore.
0: Yeah. Like I always say, man, a little love goes a long way, man. So anybody, any random strange stuff like that, just a random kind of act is just something nice. You know what I mean? You don't know what anybody's going through, you know? Um, and, and just a, a little bit of genuine kindness from somebody they don't know, whoever. So that that goes a, goes a long, long way. Cause they don't feel alone. They feel cared Cause that's at, at the end of the day, I don't care what anybody says. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be loved are appreciated one way or the other. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, and once they receive that, you know, it's, it, it, it speaks volumes to them. Mm-hmm. You know, so I always say that to you and I mean like I want to pump out as much love as I possibly can into this world because that's the only way things are going to change. Right. Right. Right.
1: And if, if we don't, if we don't love, then we're just going to keep doing the same continuous cycle. And we're just re- repeating the same cycle over and over and over again. Like it's, excuse me, it's nothing new. It's just a cycle that nobody wants to break. And then, you know, some people, you know, not some people, I'm going to stop saying some people. We as people, we we sometimes don't want to take that first step or be the one to step in that, that fire because, oh, you're going to have everything coming at you now because now you're trying to break something that's been controlling people for so many years. So many years, like being like mentally just enslaved to this, nastiness and you're this person that wants to change it so you have to expect that you're going to have some fiery arrows coming at you that you're going to have people spitting disparaging things to you you know and and just understand that
0: you just kick the hornet's nest and that's okay you know that's just, okay man like <laughs> i don't know why as soon as you said that man the whole thing that came to mind was um jesus carrying the cross man you know what I mean? Like, and all that, because like, I, I got the cover here too for Passions. Of, that movie really messed me up, man, Passions of Christ and seeing that, man, because how just brutal, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to think about, just like you said that too, man, he wanted to change the world to show you, look, I love you. I'm trying to give out love and appreciation and stuff like that. And everything that he had to endure, you know, to people to actually witness that. It goes exactly to what you just said. You know what I'm saying? Like people are always going to come at you when you try to change the norm or whatever they consider is the norm
1: hmm exactly and, and you know and and depending on you know um everyone's spirituality uh the way i see things is is um for one i stop fearing death because i know i i surf and i'm out there surfing with big fish so and in my head people are like oh you surf you surf like yeah yeah i surf me and my wife love surfing it's, it's a great learn man yo know, it's so much fun it's it's a it's a great workout it's uh you meet other people. I met people that they said like, oh yeah, I work at the restaurant and and um I go to Thailand for the for the summer. It's like, oh, I just, I'll just go surf there. I'm like, oh wow, that's, that's awesome. But you go out and just meet people, you just connect. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I'm not afraid of that death portion because it's like, well shoot, if God wanted me to get eaten by a fish, then it will happen. Like I can't stop that. You can't stop life, so we can't be fearful of the things that's coming. Because all fear is just an illusion. That's all it is. It's an illusion. Because as soon as fear pops up, it's because we're about to achieve a goal. Mm-hmm. So we have to go through something that is challenging. We're supposed to go through stuff that's
0: challenging. Yeah, and, and it's supposed to make us better. Like the two of those things, that because, like you said, is it's an illusion. Like um, my my best friend, my brother Mishman. Like I've known <clears throat> since the first grade. He's just my right hand. I love that dude immensely um, mm-hmm. in an episode a couple of weeks ago um, and one of the things that he always said is he, he breaks down fear into an acronym is false evidence appearing real
1: oh yeah i've heard of that yeah, you know yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: and it's just one of those things and okay. then that clicked and also i think uh, it was will smith too he's giving a speech and he said that too the best things in life are located on the other side of fear mm-hmm. you know i'm saying like you got to go through this to experience exhilaration i think it was when he went to go skydiving or something like that he had, they had mentioned that as well too is but it's true yeah. like, you get to a point where it's just you reach that 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 fear like I, I i did a lot of um you know talent shows and stuff like that and, and you know a lot of singing things and so like and i was just always right before getting on that stage man i'm terrified and mm-hmm. stuck and just like oh my god but the moment i'm out there, i just start singing i remember the first talent show i did in like a sixth grade at Ten river um and I was out there and I was so scared and I started singing and like with even like the first verse, man, I had like a standing ovation to the entirety of the song. I'm like, this is the greatest feeling. <laughs> like if I didn't step to right? that stage, like I would have never figured this out, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so I think that's just very, very important for people to realize too, man, not to be afraid of things and just know that that's just like you said, it's, it's, it's an illusion. It's something to try to keep you Um, if we want to get like religious or something like that too, you know what I mean? Like the devil trying to prevent you from getting to what you really want to, you know what I mean? You just got to right. fight through it and get there. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and, and I believe like once you you conquer that and you conquer that, I believe once you conquer that first fear, then you'll know how to conquer the next one because, or you'll know you'll be more ready because then once you see fear show up again, it's kind of like, oh, oh, we, we've already met. So I already know it's on the other side of this, this uh, curtain. So, hey, let's, let's do it. Let's go ahead and dance. You know, and I, and I believe that with every... Every um, obstacle that we have, you should definitely just strategize. Just strategize everything. And I believe once you have a strategy, you put it on paper. I believe this. Putting it on paper, I believe, because you not only do you see it every single day, but now you're reading it to yourself. Yeah. I and mean, you're putting those words of affirmations into your mind, into your body. You're speaking positive. And once you're speaking into all this positive energy, you have to reap something positive. Because like if I put a if I put a grapes well, not grapes if I put an apple seed in the ground I'm expecting apples I expect oranges it's ex- expectation right if I write it on a piece of paper I'm expecting this to happen because I believe it but in that I have to do the work too you know and that I believe that's one of the things that we uh kind of shift away from sometimes is we put it on paper or we say it out loud but we don't put the work into it we don't apply it if we don't apply it you can't. You can't see anything. You can't get no fruit, you know, and you're not going to reap anything. All you're going to do is just be sitting there, just chasing a dream.
0: Yeah, no, man. But like I said that too, like always planning and stuff. One thing for myself, man. Like whenever I I come across any challenge or anything, you know, what I'm saying, or something that I got to take responsibility of, I always look at what is the best case scenario and what is a worst case scenario, and try to envision everything in between. So that I, you know, I mean, like, because once you're mentally doing that, like, your mind is so powerful, like, you can actually feel those things and make it actually real. So that when I come across something that's negative, it's like I already went through this feeling already. You know, I'm saying when I was planning back then, so I know what I got to do next. You know, I mean, I don't want to put up with a deer in headlights. So I prepare myself always. I always say that to myself: worst case scenario, this is gonna happen. If I know that, then I'm already like, I already dealt with it. I don't have to worry about that situation anymore.
1: Mm -hmm. Right, right, and. You know, I, I believe if I believe that's, that's like a class that they should just teach in general, like they should have that as a class in school teaching, like, like, like emotional. I want to say emotional because I, our emotions can just get in the way of everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If we just have emotional, just I'm gonna do this because my emotions tell me to do it instead of like sitting down looking at it for what it is, is it solid? Is it something that I know I can do? i see myself doing it you know and i believe we could have those in, in school teach children have their emotional content and how to control those emotions oh my goodness yeah, yeah. oh my goodness can you imagine
0: yeah Yo, like uh, it's one thing that i read and i read like i'm um, going through all these self-help and i and if you, i would definitely for you men really recommend reading that book by uh, jason wilson it's called cry like a man I like a man yeah man, I Write that a down. man but um i it, it took me a while i did the audiobook but it took me a while to listen to it because there were so many times that it actually broke me down emotionally because i seen really like oh my god like that's what's going on with me like that's what it is having mm-hmm. to understand that, and really i think it's so important to master your emotions because if you can control your emotions nobody can control you like, right i always say that too with like my wife and everything like, like that like i don't like to speak out of emotion you know because you say things that you don't mean you're not really thinking clearly you're not really thinking mm-hmm. what going to place and things you can't take back you know right so it's so important to really handle your emotions and be able to control that so that you don't make a mistake because of well because of a feeling you know what I mean? mm-hmm. right and breaking that down
1: i understand that yeah because and i know i've said some things that i wish i had, could have taken back like in a heated moment like with me and my wife like we've had like arguments and i've said some things to like friends i wish i didn't say and and it's one of those things kind of like wow like i really should take a step back and not let the anger just take over
2: Mm -hmm. you
1: know and and it's so easy it's so easy to let anger take over it's so easy to do the wrong thing Mm -hmm. than it is to do the
0: the right thing because it doesn't take any effort you know what it I mean. Doesn't. It, it, doesn't. it doesn't take any effort. It takes so much effort to control your mouth to try to think about that, but it just makes it so hard. And you just like, I really don't want to do those things. So, right. yeah, I definitely understand that and hear you. You know, and um, and I want to go into that too, guys. Like you said, um, I don't know if it was because of you know your godfather and you know, Seth, the other gentleman being in your life, and I think you mentioned also to your grandmother being in some sort of military service. Is that kind of reason why you joined the air force, or what was your um really um? You know, it's funny. It's a
1: funny story. Uh. Well, my my grandmother, she wasn't in the military. She just, she worked. She was a contractor. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was, uh, I believe she was in IT, actually. And I I joined the military really because my aunt kind of tricked me into it, to be honest. Um, (laughs) I thought about it while I was in college because I was was doing good for a little bit, but then I just started partying way too much. Mm -hmm. And like my discipline for school just went out the window. I was all about,
0: yeah, that's so crazy because that's <laughs> the reason why i kept telling myself like for the longest like i wanted to join the military was to gain discipline and i told mm-hmm. him to my cousin because my cousin was already in the internet, he's younger than me but he's in the military he's all he's a marine mm-hmm. um and i was like Yeah, i want to join the military because i just want that discipline like should i do that and he told me he's like Yo, if that's the reason you want to join don't join right you know that's just the wrong reason to do that and it took me a second because i'm like that 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 took a lot because a lot of people, you know what I mean, especially in the ministry, they're trying like, oh, paint this pretty picture and all these things, and then all this stuff but like, oh, you have to pay for college and you get this and all that stuff. But I've seen too a lot how these vets are treated. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. a lot of them are homeless or gone to the VAs and all this stuff. And after they yeah, serve the contract and stuff, and they're left out to hang. So, <clears I> mean, <throat> That was one of the best things he told me too. He was like, if that's what you wanted for discipline, then don't don't join. That's not what you should do it for. Right,
1: and you know, like um, when I did join. I, I came back home and I got my, uh, I had moved on to another job. I was working at, um I don't know if y'all have a rack room shoes. You heard of rack room shoes? But
2: mm-hmm.
1: well, I was working with them and, you know, I was saving up my money, saving up my money because I was, I was going to buy myself a motorcycle okay. and I came I to my grandmother it. and I was like, Hey, I want to buy a bike. And she was like, you want to buy a what? I want to buy a bike. She's like, all right. She's like, well, how, how's your bank account looking? That's the first thing she asked me, how's your bank account looking? And I broke down what I have and what I can do is like, oh, do you account for insurance? Do you account for this, blah, 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 I'm like accounting everything? And I said, nah, but I can cover it. So we go there to the, the bike shop and I actually get approved for the bike. Nice. And I come back. I was like, all right, cool, perfect. Get my bike. I'm outside cutting the grass. I'm, I'm in like the greatest mood. I mean, you could tell me to do anything at this point. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll go do that. I'll go do this. And my aunt came out. She said, hey, you ever thought about going to the military before? I was like, yeah, you know, I thought about it. Because, you know, school's not going out of great at the moment right now. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. We'll go down to the station tomorrow. Took me by surprise. Right. I'm sitting there like just like, a, like dumb and deer, like a deer in headlights. And so we go there. And in my heart, I want to join the Marine Corps. I wanted to. Uh, and I got the same comment from um, everyone. It was, it's gonna change who you are. Like it's gonna take this nice, really compassionate don You're gonna be a little more harder. you gonna be a lot more harder actually. And this is you're just gonna change. It's gonna be totally different. You're not gonna be the same person. And at first, you know, I thought I always thought I want to do that. I wanted to have this change. I wanted to change because it'll be for the better. And like you said, I wanted the discipline and I soon found out, even though I joined the, when I joined the Air Force, and I loved it. I didn't have, I still didn't have the discipline, even going through the boot camp. I mean, basic training, like I still didn't have boot camp, I still didn't have the, the discipline because it was the fact that I didn't want it, right. you know? And I believe that's one of the things that if we can, I'm going to be honest with myself, like I just, there's like a lot of things I just like push it aside. Like I was like, yeah, nah, I'm not ready for that. No, nah, I don't want that. Don't talk to me about that. You know, I wanted to still party, 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 party. And then eventually it caught up. But uh, yeah. Yeah, man, I joined the Air Force because (laughs) my aunt tricked me going down to the station. But I also chose the branch I wanted to go to. It let me complete anything, say nothing. And I was like, nah, make your own choice. You're a man. Make your own choice. I I appreciated that. So I chose the Air Force. it was fun. It was it was good experience, and I met some really good people, some really bad people. But overall, the experience was good. It was good, and um, yeah. I think I have a, I have a little story for later. If we get to oh. that, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. So, so I mean, I guess that's that's. I guess your, what was your I guess your takeaways from that? As far as I mean, if it wasn't the discipline, I mean, what did you take away from from being in here for being in in the services? Accountability. Accountability. I need to be accountable for my
1: own actions. Nobody else, nobody else can control you. Nobody can make you go to a party. Nobody can make you do this. Nobody can make you do that. I have to be accountable for my own self. Even, even in the midst of being in a team, like a military, like our military, we're a team, we're, we're a family. And, you know, you take your, your battle belt, wherever you go, Hey, we're going off to a, Spot over here at the, on the bar off base. Okay, you take a battle building, which you don't just go by yourself, you know. But I still needed to have. I didn't have the accountability at the time to take and to be like, "Well, Don, I probably shouldn't do that," or "Don, we probably shouldn't go there," because I'm setting myself up for failure. And it was one of those things I kind of felt myself setting myself up. And it was like I was trying to stop, mm-hmm. and it was like like this forward momentum of. Partying, party, party, drinking, 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 party, party, drinking, drinking, drinking. And it just like went downhill. It's almost like I was looking at myself, destroyed my own career in the military. Mm-hmm. And from that point of view, man, like just, just learning to just be accountable and just learning that I need to be more mature. Like at this, at that time when I was in the military, that was a time where I needed to gain more maturity and accountability. Um, so those are the things I took from it.
0: Uh, maybe like seeing that for myself like i guess maybe that's why like my cousin said that too about not doing it for the discipline because that's that's something that you gotta i guess eventually teach yourself which i've learned and i've kind of like really forced myself to do that because if you really want something you make it happen whether whatever the situation is and stuff like that so i guess it's through the accountability because i know you mentioned that i guess it didn't really end well there for you and stuff like that for some decisions stuff like that is that how you pick the accountability or what was the choice or how did that end off for you
1: well, it it, it it didn't end well, but it ended well because I still, because I still got get out of the air, um, air force, the military, my general at least, I got general under honorable conditions, mm-hmm. and, uh, like I don't even mind sharing the story because like like I said, I'm open book, I'm upfront.
0: I mean, like you said, like the general, like what does that actually mean?
1: Oh, general under honorable conditions, it's it's like um, you didn't get a dishonorable, but you also didn't get an honorable, so you just got the middle, you got the general you got the general got to get out and you know it affected me because i couldn't go to school and use my gi bill because i didn't finish my first contract mm. i right and, and and just to tell you like how short my, my my stay there was it was two and a half years two and a half years and i threw that career away and i and and the fact that the job that i had my my um AFSC was, was, um, being a public health tech and I loved it. I loved being a public health tech. It was fun. It was like, I would go out and do food inspections. Um, just we did uh was it food inspections? We did mosquito surveillances. Um, and even like, uh, pregnancy interviews STD interviews, like, like you, you name it, dude, he was doing it. It was fun because it was like so many branches I had to learn. And mm-hmm. I just, I loved it. Uh, but I just didn't see that. I didn't see that. Uh, I let I let uh, my emotion get in the way. Um, and I didn't rear myself. I didn't reel myself in. But I knew I should have. Especially like, you know, when you give yourself a, a certain time period to like, just get it all out, mm-hmm. you know, cry, like, all like, right, get it all out. And, like, just Be done with it. But like, I just soaked in it. And it was just like, this aura that i just had around me from being such a positive person to now i'm like 22 24 and i got this negativity I'm, I'm drinking way more than i should have been drinking and and i knew i had a problem but i didn't ask for nobody for no help because of the, the myth that goes around in the military is like you know you tell them that you got a drinking problem it will kick you out hmm. i'm not saying nothing but who can I like in came back again? Who can I come and talk to about this? Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like it's not even just at home, this is out there in the world. Who can I actually go and talk to?
0: Right, right. And that's as I said, that's the whole point of doing it. I mean, we need to be able to, to speak with each other and have somebody to vent to because. Um, um, and, I, and I'll say this again, too, so because I think it's just, yeah, I came across it so recently and it really it resonated. It's just like, you know, either you say something and fuck shit up or say nothing and fuck yourself up. Right. All those things, and we don't say anything. We keep all this stuff bottled up inside of ourselves that destroys us from the inside in. And, you know what I'm saying? And then just like that, we can't turn to anybody because, you know, we're going to feel judged or, or, mm-hmm. or miss or still like that. So it's just, uh, uh you know, self, um, uh, that's what I'm looking for, but just you know, self-sabotage, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. that's the best way to put it, you know, and you, you gotta be able to let those things out and stuff. So I mean, if you don't mind, like if you don't, you know, exactly what happened there and, and you know what how you ended up with your world yeah. service and stuff like that, or um so what happened is uh, a, a few friends, but I'm not, not gonna say the names,
1: but a few friends of ours, we um we had a we went to a party, this uh, civilian party, went to the house, a little house party, we had fun. And one of the guys there, I guess he had like a thousand dollars on him, and, and he loses it. So the next night, after the, like, and this is a the party is the same house. The next night, it's another party, but this time it's the girl's birthday. This girl we we met before, uh, she met my friends before, and we all kind of drink in my, in our dorm, and. A guy that I was actually talking to at the time was saying like, yeah, no, she's kind, of, she seems like he's kind of off, blah, blah blah. I was like, okay, whatever, I'm not gonna judge her. I'm just let her be who she is, and I'm I'll make my own judgment. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, so when we went to that party though, off base, when we got there, it was like three o'clock, I think, like two or three o'clock, and she opens a door completely plastered, and I was just like, oh god, this is not a good idea, and. Our friend at the time, um, the airman with us, he had asked us if we could go with him because he didn't want to go by himself. And we were like, no, nah, yeah, definitely. We'll go with you. He's like, yeah, I just want to go talk to her, you know, and see, we'll, you know, see what happens. And, you know, military dude, he's trying to see what happens. Um, but he, he said, like, he told us, he's like, but I, I just want to make sure somebody's there because I don't want to get into any trouble, blah, blah. We're like, oh, yeah, definitely. for Sure, we'll be there with you. So we all go to this party. She comes up to the door plastered out of her mind. And I'm just like, yo, you still want to be here for this? And he's thinking to himself, he was, like, oh, let's just see what happens, blah blah blah. And maybe, maybe she'll chill out, whatever. And this is, this is like, let's see, one, two, three, four of us. Yeah, four of us are there. So as the night goes on, um, they're still drinking, and I made to myself. I told to myself, I was like, you know what? I'm the one that drove over here, so I can't be drinking. Right. Right. but right so but um I ended up taking a shot anyway I just took, I took a shot of bourbon whatever just to get warm to be sociable, I guess to, with, with everybody everybody. Um, eventually one of the people left and came back and they had some marijuana. so self-incriminate allegedly not allegedly. was marijuana there and and people took took part um so the next morning when we left from there i'm sorry i'm sorry let me not stop there after the marijuana scene and everything this girl goes on a belligerent tear of just like crying fussing out everybody and we're like yo what's going on she's just drunk and I tell my friends like, "Yo, we could just walk back to the base if you want. We can just leave the car and just walk." And it was it was gonna be like a good five, seven mile walk. And I was like, "I'll walk." And some of the friends, some of my friends that was just like out of it, we like, "Nah, man, we're just gonna rest here. Just leave in the morning." But this chick went on such a tear to the point where the next morning, OSI called me in from my from my desk, and I'm, I'm not sure if you had OSI in your branch. Um, it's like, like undercover officers or undercover agents or whatever. And they called me. I was like, hey, we need you to come down to the office. We just have a few questions. I was like, all right, cool. And in my head they clicked that I'm going to OSI. Until I get there and I see the building I was like, oh, oh, crap. What is this? What, what, what can it be? What could it possibly be? So I get there and they asked me that, oh, there was a party the other night and guy said that he, he lost a thousand dollars I was like so what does that have to do with me and they would tell me like oh well they said he said you were there like yeah I was there but I didn't know he had a thousand why would somebody bring a thousand dollars to him off base to a party right he's like oh we were asking that same question blah, blah, blah. so it was like they let go so apparently this girl was so angry because nobody wanted to talk to her. Nobody wanted to sleep with her that she called her inside and told her that there was marijuana at the party. This person was smoking. That person was smoking. They, she even said that I was smoking. I'm not confirming anything, but it was a fact that that um, when I got there and they asked me about it in my head, like it, it felt like it was slow motion. As they asked me, it was like they said, Oh, and by the way, they said that there was marijuana at the party. It was so slow. <laughs> in my mind, I was like, this is where, and, and in my head, I was like, this is where it is. I already knew. I already, I came to that conclusion, a lawyer. it's my lawyer. God, I'm not going to incriminate myself. There's no point for me to do that. I was like, "I'm." I just want a lawyer. So even with the lawyer that had off-base, because they gave me an on-base lawyer, I was like, nah, I don't want you, because you're not even trying. Right. So you know, I went off-base and got an off-base lawyer. Now, this lawyer, he apparently defended the guy who did a bombing in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, so he was like, yeah, he's like, I'm going to take, your, I'm gonna take your, uh, your case, because I have a, a student, and I'm not going to charge you for it. Thank you, God, because it was going to cost me like fifteen to $30,000 this guy and he told me he's gonna do it free and he sat me down and he's completely straightforward after we went over all the evidence and everything he's like even with your negative t result and this is what i hated i hated it so bad because it was like i didn't want to be right about that and i know i'm not right about that because like i would never know what would happen Mm -hmm. but he told me he's like you know i don't see this going well he's like honestly dom because you're in Oklahoma, you a little dark, and I'm pretty sure your panel is is predominantly um, Caucasian. And with him being Caucasian himself to say that to me, and I was like, really? Mm-hmm. I was like, dang, bro, I was like, like that? And he, he, was, he was like, I don't, he's like, I'm not trying, you know, not like that, he's like, we could still go through with it and see what happens. He's like, but I just don't want to see you going to prison for cannabis. He's like, it's stupid. He's like, I don't want to see you in for cannabis. Like, maybe we can talk to them and work something out. At this point, I'm just like, all right, cool. Let's let's see what happens. And at this point, I'm just in such a depression. At this point, like, dude, it's so much. But I put myself in this position.
2: Right,
1: right. I put myself in this position, and it was so much, man. Like, I was so depressed. I gained weight. Like, dude, I gained like maybe like 15 pounds in the course of like five days. Mm. I was just eating just junk food. I wasn't working out at this point. I, I had like literally mentally, I gave up. I gave up. I was like, there's no point in me fighting. They already saying I'm going to get kicked out. Like, the don't, I know the Camaro don't even want me here, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, you start go, like, going through these things in your head and it just snowballs. And to even add more on top of that, I end up getting into a motorcycle accident. Mm. So, not only mentally, and like, I'm mentally depressed and I'm going through this trial but now I had a motorcycle accident I almost lost my life <laughs> and it was like well what more could I get like what's happening to me so when they they told me when I was getting my, my discharge and I'm not gonna lie to you man like like cleaning out my my dorm cleaning cleaning out uh, my desk it hit me so hard like I, I probably cried the whole time. I probably cried the whole time. Not the fact that I made a wrong decision. I cried because I I didn't stop myself. I didn't, I wasn't accountable enough. I wasn't mature enough to be like, no, this is not the right thing to do. You don't have to be cool. You don't have to be here. You can just go. You know? So that hit me hard. And then I, I drove from Oklahoma all the way back to North Carolina. And and with that, man, I think I. For a couple of mo- for a couple of states, I sped through. I was doing maybe 110 through a lot of states. I, I, at that point, I just didn't care. I didn't care anymore. I came my hells. I, like, I don't care if I get shot down. I'm not stopping. I don't care if I get pulled over. I'm not stopping. Like, I, I wanted to die that day because I felt like such a failure. So mm. I was like, how can I not keep this job? Like, this was the easiest thing to keep, and I messed that up. And my mom was like, if I mess this up, like, what else am I going to mess up? And at that point, I just felt like I was worthless. I thought I was worthless, that my success was, like, just so low. So driving home, I was so depressed, man. And I went back to my grandmother's house. and That's one of the things I didn't want to do. I didn't want to go back. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't want to go backtracking. And I wanted, I do want to say this to to, to you know, whoever's listening, you know, is the fact that when you do fall down, it's, it's all right if you have to go back. You gotta go back to your mom's house. It's, yo, it's perfectly fine. You're supposed to be able to do that. That's what our parents are there for. Um,
0: this is my last process, and One of the dudes said, like, one of his advice too is sometimes you gotta take an L to get a bigger prize. You know what I mean? Like, and it's okay. Fight your pride. Fight your ego. You gotta throw your ego away. But, you know, I became a truck driver at that time,
1: and uh, even in that class, people thought I was going to fail because I was having a problem with the driving and everything, man. But when test day came, I prayed. <laughs> I literally prayed. It, it worked. I, I passed it flying colors the first time around. Got my license, got my job, was driving, was making good money. But I had poor money-managing skills. So hmm. I was just like, you no, know, it's, it's another thing that a man needs to understand. is managing your money. You know, like, I made... Uh, I think in one week I made like two thousand dollars in one week, and I burnt through it in a day. I burnt through it in a day at a kiosk, at a kiosk, right, right. And I, 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 I really, I look back on it. I don't think I was mentally there. I think I checked out. Even with getting the the CDL, making the money, it still wasn't good enough. I was making more money truck driving than I was when I was in the military, and I made that off rip. Mm. and it still wasn't enough it still wasn't enough but i had that hole i was trying to feel like this depression is like in me that i just wanted to fill up and i was like Yo, i don't know what i'm doing like god what what is all this for like
0: that's (laughs) easy man because i I, like i really really relate to all of that man i think like it it was I was working for Cablevision for for eight years, and um, you know I was making great money. I mean, I was I, like we say that they were, we were ridiculously overpaid, you know, mm-hmm. for what we were doing, you know, and, and it, it, like on holidays we were getting paid triple time. You know what I mean? So I was making I like sign an hour. You know, what I mean, you sit there taking phone calls like, oh, did you unplug your modem? Did you plug it back in? It's <laughs> like that's all I was doing, making a hundred dollars an hour. Right. Oh, wow man. And, and the same thing too you know what i'm saying like got nothing to show for because again just not money management skills just burn through it because you always just always just assume, well, next week i'm gonna get more next week i'm gonna get, right. more. get more again i'm gonna get more and not really learning to to, to save that and it's so important like to teach that like, one of the things i my daughter like i mean with like with my with her tooth fairy money and stuff like that i've been teaching like how to go to stores how to manage money. this is what you have left you're not going to have anything else you know what i mean so that she understands from a very early age to right. learn how to manage her money um, so he's not in that situation, but I just want to double back a little bit because I just kind of, I don't know if, if you've ever thought about like this too. Like you said, you went and you got your CDL license and your dad was a trucker and he was, wasn't even there either for you. Was that, yeah, I got into mentality or was that like. It's so
1: funny because that was like the first thing that came to my mind, like as I was going through taps, I was like, yo, what job am I going to get? They're talking about, you know, like transitioning and in my head, I'm already thinking way ahead. I'm like, okay, what job can I get? I can replace this and I can make more. And the only thing that came to my head, I was like, trucking. And I ain't gonna lie, it was bitter. I was really bitter about it because I was like, I don't want a truck. I didn't want a truck because my dad
2: trucked.
1: Because mm. my dad trucked, I never saw him like that. I, I did see him here and there, but it wasn't really, I never had a relationship. And I was like, I want a fan. And I know for a fact that is that, that's a hard job for anybody to do. I don't care who you are, like what your accolades are. like trucking is a hard job because you're like by yourself, you have to like you're just controlling your truck, dropping off, going to the next stop. You're sleeping in the truck. You got to make sure like places are well lit, make sure it's safe. Like I mean, I remember hearing gunshots outside my truck and I was in my underwear, jumped in the truck, I jumped in the past like the uh, driver's seat and just drove off. I didn't even checked to make sure if someone unhooked my trailer. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was one of those things that was kind of like just fight or flight. And it was like, yo, gunshots? I ain't got no gun on me. I'm, I'm, I'm gone. So truck driving, it was the first thing that came to mind and it made sense. But I didn't want to stay in it. So I could say, I, I, trucked, I, trucked, uh, I drove trucks for about about, um, about 20, 2014, about maybe four years, about four, four and a half years. I truck drove. But um, my last trucking job, I drove for Cisco. And I knew that I was done trucking when I I mentally checked out when I was in the truck. I, I totally forgot that I was in there. I took a turn way too short and I pulled up the guardrail (laughs) Mm. and thank God it was on the plant. It was in the plant. So I never left the plant. It was was there, just pulled up. They put it back in covered it up. But I was let go that day because that was like my second strike. I hit a pole because I sort of stepped out and not just trust my spotter. if I should have stepped out and just checked myself, I didn't, I knew I should have. And that's one of the things I knew I should have. I didn't. And then in a truck and then ripping up that guardrail, And I told myself, I was like, "Well, oh, that's the last one I know I'm fired. I was like, I think I'm done trucking. And, and in my heart, I was like, God, dude, like he humbled me. So, so well, because I went from trucking and making like 72 plus a year to making 20 a year and, and, you know, working. And I had the privilege to work with children in the CSEP program, you know, and CSEP has like with children who have like autism and Mm -hmm. behavior issues. And I had, and it was such a great experience. But at that time it hit me so hard because I wasn't grateful for what I already had. Like I wasn't grateful. And I knew I wasn't grateful, man. I, I, I was like, I was making the money. And I was really good at making the money. And I was like, yo, I got to make more. I got to make more. I got to make more. And that's the thing. It's such a vice because it's like, when you make more, you just want to make more. And you spend more. You know? And you just spend more. And it's kind of like it's a never ending cycle. You're never going to be happy if you keep making all this money. I mean, not just making it, but you just like want to just keep. That's like your, your main focus, like money, 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 money. Mm-hmm. And I had to bite that bullet, especially
0: when my wife told me, she was like, you're just money hungry. And she was like, yeah. You know, it's a so while, man. I remember, um, it, it was just one of those things, man. I got to a point where I, I was like that, man. I was, I was extremely money hungry, man. I just wanted to make money and trying to find anything that I could do to attain as much money as possible, right? And I was doing, um, I don't know if you heard of Amway. Um, I think I heard it actually. Yeah, yeah. I was doing like Amway and stuff like that, and you know, I was like, oh, they paint all this If You can make all these blue, cool bucks or whatever and stuff like that. And um, one night, I, my wife. And um, we were dating at the time and her parents, When we went to New York City to go to like a, a concert or whatever, you know, somebody mm-hmm. was performing and I was like, oh, we're going to be at a place. I'm going to take some of my product with me, some of these lip glosses, and stuff like that. And I'm going to try to sell this stuff or whatever. And I'm there and I'm just thinking of trying to make money and how to do this stuff. And then, um, you know, my, my wife came to me. And she's like, oh, you know, like, why don't you have a good time or whatever? And I'm like, Yo, I'm trying to make this money, you know, and right. <laughs> it was one of those when I look back at, it, I'm like, Oh my God. Like how horrible was that? Like, you know, <laughs> I here spend time with them and I'm like, I'm just trying to make some bread. Like, and, and she didn't see anything. Like, I just remember it to this day you know, she just kind of just like turned around and just walked off to her parents. And I was like, Oh, what the fuck did I just do? You know you right. I mean? like, and I wasn't, I should have, they said like that, be gratitude. You know what I'm saying? Be in the moment. Like I'm here with them. Like her family were trying to spend some time together do something fun and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't grateful, you know, so one of the things that, and I commend my wife for doing that too. Like every night before we put my daughter to bed, we ask her like, what are you grateful for today? You mm-hmm. know, like to practice being grateful and, you know, having gratitude on a daily, daily basis. That's one of the things that we try to instill for her. So, I mean, with you, like you just said, mentioned that, you know, you wanted to have a family. Now, mm-hmm. what was that for you? Like said, so when did you realize that? Was it because of the lack of your dad not being around or what was it for you that was like, Yo, I want a family? Because for me, it you was. Know- I needed love and I wanted my family to give me. Mm-hmm. You know what? No, I, I think it's cause I, I wanted,
1: I wanted my mom and dad to be together. I wanted them both to be together and I wanted to have that dad and mom relationship. Mm-hmm. i wake up. I see my mom. I see my dad You know, talking to my mom, talking to my dad. I get checked by my dad. I get checked by my mom. You know, they, I wanted that, that happy home where, where, um, I'm not a statistic. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It made me feel like I was a statistic. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I didn't want that. It was such, it was like that. I think that was a burning desire in my heart. It's like, I'm not going to do that to my child. I would not do that to my family. I would not leave. No matter how hard it gets, we would get help if we had to get help. But I believe that I had that desire in my heart when I was nine. I was nine years old. Wow. I had a desire in my heart. And I had... Ankle. I had my my son. My, my son, even though he came second after our daughter, um, I already had. I had already had his name picked out. I had his first name picked out. I didn't have his middle name picked out. But I had his first name. I used to write it down all the time. People used to make fun of me about it and everything. And I knew that my wife, Chris, was the one when she accepted my son's name. I told her, and she was like, "Nah, I love that name. I like that name. <laughs> that name is strong. I like that name." I was like, "Yeah, right." That's a good name, <laughs> like, so, even as a kid, like it's crazy that you would have that pressure that you don't have a parent out you don't, you don't have your dad at home, or let it home like your mom's not there either. like she was there in my life more than he was. She came to my football game, she taught me how to play football and basketball <laughs> um but you know, not to have your dad there and not to have them both together in harmony to teach you and show you what family looks like with a man and woman. Mm-hmm husband and wife and to be at a young age already have that in your head that i'm not gonna do that to my family and when i was a kid reading my bible i used to read ezekiel my favorite he's like my favorite um, my favorite prophet um i loved all his visions i love like what like how god used him even though i'm pretty sure it was hard for him Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um that's that's my son's name ezekiel um and I, I said I was going to honor that because I really wanted that name for my son. I was like, man, hey, that son, that son, that name is so strong. Like, there's so much power to it. And when God put that on my heart, man, and I told my wife about it. She was like, oh yeah. She was like, oh, what about Jeremiah? What do you think about Jeremiah's middle name? I was like, you know, I like that. I like that. EJ. EJ Lewis. I like that. you know, you know what I'm saying. And it's one of those things. is this it. Was, it, was just, it did my heart good knowing that she accepted like what I loved, Mm -hmm. accepted something that meant a lot to me and naming my son. Like, like that's like the biggest thing. That was like the biggest thing for me. Like I really want to name my son. He's my son. Like I'm going to be his dad. I'm not going to leave his side. I'm not going to like deter him. I'm not going to push him away. I'm not going to make him feel like he's, Worthless. Nah, I make him feel like he's a billion bucks. I make him feel like like you you can't be replaced. There's you know, only
0: one of you. Like, it, and I think you just helped me realize something for myself, man. Like, I, I, it's so different with like I said earlier with my daughter and my son. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was raised with a lot of women, and I feel like I got that down. You know, how to treat a woman, how to take care of them, because my mom showed me that stuff, and I guess I was always trying to put my finger in it on it like on why i have this relationship or this intense wanting to have this bond with my son and Mm -hmm. i think it comes down to that just like feeling that rejection me you know at times from my dad and not being there and all those stuff like i do want to be there for all the kids but i think it's just like as a man to a man to a man you know i don't want to continue that cycle exactly you know and 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 it just really just kind of just dawned on me you know i mean like speaking with about like on on why that it's so important and why i feel because and which is true man me me and my daughter we have a great bond too you know what i mean like she was there i've got that thanks to my wife i got to be a stay-at-home dad which is something that i've always wanted to do. because of those things like i don't want to be away from my kids right so i'm so grateful for her allowing me to do that i'm being home and i think the good thing for that too is that she knows i have the patience for it and all that stuff and, and allow me that but with my son too like i just we have this type of bond that i, I guess i've always wanted with my dad you know like my son and he he is but he's not a mom he's a daddy's boy you know like he loves Same my mom way. but like, like in the morning like she'll take him out of the crib and put him on the bed and he'll run over to me and he'll grab my head and he'll give me kisses like he doesn't kiss her like he kissed me you know what i mean like he she it's so hard for him to show her affection with me to him it comes so easily mm-hmm. and and i think it's like that too because i know what it's like i guess to have that kind of doubt or feel that type of pain from your father kind of being distant and stuff because again like he was in the house great you know what i mean but he none of my concert choir shows he showed up to my graduation you know i remember at one point there's this one picture that i have of us we went sledding which is like the only time he had left the house to do anything with us as a family you know and we would used to play wrestle you know early on and then it just kind of stopped and he kind of just distanced himself that we would watch wrestling but like in opposite rooms of the house so if something happened i would walk over and be like hey dad did you see that and i try to force a conversation with him he's like yeah this that third and i just walk back to my room and it was just right. a sort of like rejection or like like i guess go back to that that um that uh episode of fresh prince you know when his mm-hmm. dad came in he was like you know how come he don't oh man <laughs> you know? oh god that, <laughs> that hits me every time <laughs> you know, such a powerful thing. And that's, like, why it goes on to this about, like, again, like wanting to be there for our kids and stuff. So at this, I guess what I'll ask you just is too is, like, for, for your kids and stuff like that, for your son and your daughter, or you know, what are some of the, the I guess, the key morals, I guess, that you're trying to instill in them? Man, um, I really want to just
1: instill in them love. I'm instill in them hard work ethic because you need to have the hard work ethic. I don't care. Nobody say we should, we should be working hard to do something better for ourselves.
2: Right,
1: right. Um, patience and forgiveness, like being able to forgive, because we, we forgive a lot in this house. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, sometimes, some days it's, it's, it's rough and sometimes it gets hot and we got to forgive each other. And that's a daily thing that we
0: work on with them. Um, work on them with, like, relationships. relationships are important um, with forgiveness and stuff because i think a lot of people because i've seen this both ways i mean do you think even again um, how old are your kids now Nisi
1: is three zeke it will be two he's one and a half and then Jyron just got here he he got here the 16th of this month
0: that's right congratulations on that one too um (laughs) yeah we delivered him at home so that was different (laughs) um and, and and i think people kind of i got some criticized for it too but i think if i make a mistake with my daughter you know or my son like that i'm going to apologize mm-hmm. you know what i mean like just because i'm the parent doesn't mean that i don't have to apologize or admit that i'm wrong i think that it's so important that they understand that we are fallible yeah not all perfect and stuff like that put us on the so that we can make mistakes but also admit to our mistakes and try to do our right doing so i'm, I'm a big proponent of apologizing to my daughter if I make a mistake if I do something wrong or I say something wrong or whatever I'm quick to say hey I'm sorry and she know you know what that it's okay you didn't mean to or it was an accident or you know what I mean they like, can really have that sense of forgiveness right no absolutely yeah I, I do that a lot especially like if it gets too hot and I find that lot of it, I end up raising
1: my voice or I find up yelling I'm just like god I, I did not want to do that mm-hmm. and then I have to like sit there for a moment like I feel it I was like yeah I, I really did not want to make her feel like that Excuse me, so I, I would do the same thing. Like you said, like, I was just going like, babe, I'm so sorry. Daddy just lost his patience there for a second. I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say it like that. And I did not mean to yell at you. And, you know, what's great about having you know, a partner who is also in your children's life is that they also remind us. Mm-hmm. Like, reminds me, hey, you're being too hard on her. Yeah. Lighten up. And, and it's, it's like, I don't mean to be hard on it. It's, it's like, man, I just see so much potential in all of them. Mm-hmm. It's like, God, it's like, I just want to, I just want to work their potential to make them better, you know, not make them better, just to help them get to that wherever they want to get to. Right. And sometimes I find myself jumping too, like jumping too deep on them or jumping too hard on them. And I'm just like, I gotta, I gotta chill with that, bro. It's like they're kids, let them be kids. It was going to scream and jump off of stuff. Let them do it.
0: <laughs> and I think that's, that's key, like you touched on, like you said, having a partner that's with you because, like me and my wife, we say all the time, and I commend her, like, I, I love having her as a partner because we see each other, we check each other, like, we really work on helping each other out. And that kind of goes back to, like you said, that like you, like you, you were mentioning, you know, when one and a half your both parents in the house and stuff like that. Like, my parents were both in the same in the house, mm. but they didn't work together like that as they should a lot of the time. You know, like they were always at odds or didn't find a way to find common grounds a lot of times. So that's Mm -hmm. also damaging in a way, too. You know, I mean, just because they are in the home doesn't mean that, you know, everything's hunky dory either, you know. Right. And it's just what we have to take away from it. But like I said, even at that, like, you know, you coming from that, you know, not having your parents there living with your grandmother and, you know, me having the opposite, having them both in the house and seeing there. At the end of the day, we both know how important it is to have a partner that's with you, that works with you. Right, you know, and helps you hand in hand. Like it's it's teamwork. You know what I mean? Like you can't do it by yourself.
1: Right. No, absolutely. Like, and, and it's, it's it's especially important to make sure that you know, our partners are present, present, and not just present, absent. Or you know what I'm saying? Because I, I remember, you know, just talking with some friends, and they would say like, you know, yeah, like my dad's there, but you know, he's just he's present, but he's kind of absent. You know, he's like he's not he's not really there. He's there, but he's not there. And and I was like, man, like, dang, that sucks. And, but I I couldn't really, I guess, like, hang on to that, I guess so to say, because it's kind of like, I didn't really have a relationship with my dad. So it's kind of like, I don't know what that feels like to be present and absent. But I know, but in my head, I'm like, yo, that's, that's, that's messed up. Because it's like, what if my, like, what what would happen if my dad was there? Would he be present and absent? Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and. Want to say it's one kind of the things it's it's such a it's a such an imbalance. It's just such an imbalance. But it's so important for both of us to be like present. Like one of us is present and the other one isn't. Oh my goodness. Like it's like it's just havoc. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, you know, it's important for us to take breaks. <laughs> it's important for us to take breaks, man. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh yeah you know what I mean like you got this simple way it is a lot you know I mean I just got two so I mean mm-hmm. like, I mean like I know it's a lot we just have our moments where it's like, you noah know babe like I'm gonna take the kids to go over here and do something you just we'll sign kind of like get yourself in check because it's also important that we have to make sure that we are healthy mentally to be there because it's so much more damaging for the kids you know to see us or lashing out or doing all these things because we don't take a break for ourselves it's right. very important to really love ourselves and stuff and 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 i'm I'm gonna start wrapping this up because i mean this is actually went a little bit (laughs) but it's been an amazing conversation this a little yeah uh, yeah. too you know i mean so i'm very very grateful um so so when i come down to the last two questions my first one is is this for you what do you think has been the best advice that you have ever received
1: that uh we don't owe anybody anything but love Mm well anybody anything but love. um because at the end of the day, I can give you all the riches in the world, but that's not going to change anything. I can I can take you out, you know, if I had it all, I could take you out of debt, but that's not going to change anything. But if I show you love, that's going to change your mentality. It's change how you think. It's going to change how you react to things. I show you love. But that's how I feel. I feel like I have, we owe nobody nothing but love
0: just love is it no that that's and, and i'm 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 actually so glad you said that man because i <laughs> was was thinking about this the other day um so i have i grew up with with, with, with this kid that's next door to me since he was like eight years old man i took him under one he's definitely like a little brother and he's doing so much more amazing things now i'm about eight years older than him mm-hmm. you know and i got a wife i got two kids we're at different planes in our life you know um so or earlier this, this month, my birthday was on the six, you know, and um, I had told him, I was like, you know, my birthday's coming up, you know, I would like you to be there, you know, I'm, I'm having like a little cookout and you can see the difference because I was like, you know, I'm just having a small family cookout with people that I'm mm-hmm. really close to that I trust that I want to be there at the afternoon because I got kids to put down by seven o'clock. I don't you know what I mean. Like I have a certain routine with them just that third and he showed up for me, you know, and I, I commended for that. He showed up, he was there and I really, really appreciate that. And um, so, this, this past yesterday, su- uh, Sunday. Sunday for me, number one, is my family day. My wife Mm. works at a bank, so she works six days out of the week. So Sunday is the only day that we have together all together all day long. Mm. I don't want to sacrifice that for nothing. Right. I don't care what it is. But um, you know, he told me he's like, Oh, it's my birthday, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be going away because it's actually on the 28th. And he's Mm. like, today he's like, I'm going away to Miami. So that's why I'm gonna celebrate it early. And um, he hit me up last night at at like eight o'clock. He was going down to Stanford to go have some drinks and you know, go do the whole bar thing and stuff and in my mind i'm like I'm, I'm beyond that man that's that's not my scene anymore
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know and i felt a little bit guilty because i was like you know he was there for me and i felt like i owed him now like you said you know anybody but love but then right. i started thinking about it i said you know what man like it's easy for all the friends that he has right now to go out there and celebrate with him when he's good you know right. like partying and, and having fun and taking <clears throat> shots and everybody acting crazy so like it's easy for you to do that but I'd rather be there when he's struggling. You mm-hmm. know and Like when he's going, because his, his mom passed away two years ago, you know. And when yeah, she did, I, I was know. like, you know, yeah, man. I was like, you know what? I went to his house. I'm like, yo, you need me here for this. This is where this is when I need to show up and drop what I'm doing to be here for you. Right. Show you like you said, you know, love and compassion and stuff like that. Because that's gonna go a long way. Cause you got other friends out there who popping bottles and fun with you, they're not gonna show up. You know, they don't want to deal with this crap or like this did this, this negativity. When the party. But I'm going to be here for you. This is when you need me. This is when you're hurting. And this is when I'm going to try to build you up. Right. So I think that's, that's, that goes into exactly what you said. You don't owe yeah, absolutely, me, but love. So that that is, I, I appreciate you for that. That's <laughs> something that I'm absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess lastly would be this, man. Speaking to this younger generation, or like if you are to your kids and stuff like that, what is some advice that you would give to them? I will give to them.
1: Don't let fear stop you from your goals. Write your goals down, read them every single day, and believe that you can do them. Set up a plan. Uh, do something simple to get a good routine going. Like start something like a repetition. Even if it's like tying your shoes, if you got shoes that you just slip on, untie them, and start tying them. Make your bed. Um, know that there are people out here that you can talk to, even if you even if you don't know them that close. I would say, still reach out to them because somebody's going to give you some kind of advice that you can use. Um, live your life, speak life into yourself, speak life into others. Always try to be find the most positive outcome that you can possibly find before it get, becomes negative. And I think, lastly, I would say, just love, love, like you, like you ain't gonna be able to love nobody else. Love, mm.
0: love people, man, because. People will be there for you when you show love. It will be there. Absolutely, man. I think like one of the things is, is to kind of double back a couple of things, like one of the things you said about there, like, you know, don't be afraid of certain things is, is I started reading this book about the mindful, uh, the mindset makeover. Mm-hmm. Talking about certain things in there. But one thing that I started developing at is that we are only bound to the boundaries we create in our own mind. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if you think that you can't do something, you will never do it exactly you know you're already putting yourself up a, an imaginary boundary that's not going to allow you to overcome that you know um and it's very very important that we we do believe in ourselves and make sure that we leave ourselves open to, to do all those things um so so it is very important to people to understand that and, and also like you said that too about like routines and, and, and all those things it's, it's those small little things to make us get to habits and make sure that we're consistent and, and the less more things that we put on that we automate
1: Mm -hmm.
0: the less we have to, you know, we free our minds to do other things. Right. Exactly. No. So at least this is the time to really develop a new skill and do all these things because we already got these things on autopilot. Right. I could add one more thing. Definitely. definitely. Read,
1: read. You can teach yourself so many things. I promise you. I've been doing stocks for about a year and a half now. And I gave up for a little bit, got depressed, but I jumped back on my horse because I was like, "Wait, nah! I, I can't stay here because I want to do better. I want to invest in my family." So if you want to do something and you think it's out of reach, read. You'll find all the information out there. Use Google Up, Google Scholarly. Uh, I think there's another Google that you use. Even Wikipedia has some good stuff on there. It might not be the best references, but they still have good stuff
0: on there. Read, because when you read, you're going to free your mind. Well, on a thing like you said that too. We. After this, we're going to definitely continue on because I'm definitely trying to get into stocks, and I've been on and off and stuff like that. Trying <laughs> to find somebody that I can, you know, talk to on a consistent basis. So you, you might yo, be for, that yo, most, it. Um, but but I definitely agree to you because you know what, man, my I hate reading. It's just, it's just so boring to me. However, however, I discovered Audible books. it mm-hmm. really did that, and it has just opened up my mind to so many different things you know, because I think, to me, like, the task of reading is what's difficult for me, you know, right. I, it's, I don't know if it's just, which I do want to get tested on myself, like, if I got, like, ADD or something like that, because it's just so hard for me to sit and focus and read a book. However, like, that's how I did the the, the, um, the Cry Like a Man book. I got the audio book, um, and I listened to it. It was, like, six hours, but um, I think it's even more than that, but I, I don't even know, because it just flew by just listening to it. It makes it so much easier, and I'd rather be talk to than to read but mm-hmm. it's so important like you said and i think it's just not just it's continue to gain knowledge wherever you can get it you know if it's exactly. audio books if it's through reading if it's through watching youtube videos it's just to whatever you know what i'm saying like that give yourself the opportunity to grow exactly because if not you're never going to achieve or get out of anywhere you're only going to be doing what you're doing at the moment you're never going to expand exactly
1: it would be sitting in a cycle it's just sad just doing the same J O B, just job. Because I, I really believe in being able to be uh, self-preserved and looking for yourself because wealthy people don't work.
0: Right, right, They don't work,
1: they invest their money. They that, that money works, they don't.
0: <laughs> no, that's one of the things like I said, like when I really want to get into stocks because I started like understanding, I'm like, how the hell does Bill Gates stay rich? Like I understand like <laughs> the stocks. But like it's tied up. So in my mind, I was like, you need to sell the stock to get the money. But then if you sell the stock, you're losing your money. So what does it mm-hmm. does? And I came across dividends. And was, so it's just one of those things like, if, if I didn't learn and read into that thing, then it's just not going to um, get any better.
1: Right. Now I understand that completely. I understand it completely. So no. I know for me, um, reading audiobooks is hard. <laughs> oh, see, see, everybody's different. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I would be able to listening. And then I would get lost in my own thoughts out of nowhere. It's just like I listen and then drift. I was like, "Well, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait." I go back. I gotta go back. I gotta go back. And I was like, "Why am I repeating it so many times?" But if I sit there and read it, I have to. I have to force myself to sit there and like read. Now I'll I'll do that. So now, where it's a practice. Now reading, reading something is doesn't it doesn't affect me as much anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like jittery. It's more like, all right, whew, let me read. <laughs> You
0: know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Um, but but listen, man, I, again, like definitely did a little bit longer than I expected and stuff like that. But this has been an amazing, amazing conversation. And I absolutely yeah. taking the time to sit down and share your stories and share your insight. And, you know, hopefully again, like the whole goal is to again give somebody a better chance at life or somebody to understand that, you know, they're not alone, that people are going through these things and, and know yeah. that it's okay and that we can make something of ourselves despite of whatever we have gone through or whatever negativity we may think that has impacted us right i feel you thank you and thank you for having me on there i really appreciate it like i said it's 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 just humbling and it's been an honor to be able to sit here and talk with you man i really i really appreciate it and really had a lot of fun oh no well thank you thank you um well you know man as everybody as i always say man no matter who you are no matter what you've done your big brother loves you stay blessed everybody